Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Today, I have Depeche from Sierra Mortgages with me. So Depeche and I have known each other for about two years now, after speaking at the beginning of lockdown in 2020, so the OG of the lockdowns, the very first one. Um, We've kept in touch ever since, mainly talking about social media, website branding, and and all that type of stuff. So you can imagine I was over the moon when Depeche came to me and said, right, I need a new website, I need help with my social media, because I'm launching my new company, Sierra Mortgages. So it was great to work with Depeche right from the very beginning. And we're going to, we're going to be speaking about that um, throughout the podcast here. So Depeche is probably one of the calmest guys you'll ever speak to and ever hear on this podcast. Um, and I can honestly see exactly why clients trust him with their mortgage, because he's very calm and collected. He, he, he's so chilled and that you'll be speaking to him shortly. But if he was doing my mortgage, I'd be running about going, oh my God, my mortgage offer is going to run out. And, and he'd be just like, Chris, don't worry about it, mate. I'll sort it. That's the kind of guy Depeche is like, and you'll, you'll hear this on the podcast. So sit back, take a listen, enjoy the words of wisdom over the next 30 minutes from Depeche. Depeche, welcome to the podcast, mate. Thank you so much. It's uh, It's been a journey and it's great to be here. It's lovely to have you on here. Thinking two years ago, I remember when we started speaking, it was through uh, Instagram, it was through a mutual client, wasn't it? Yes, absolutely. Um, and I think I think you still work with them actually. Um, yes, yeah. But yeah, it was it was it was great to see the content that they were producing, and I just had to find out who was who was behind it and <laughs> have a chat because um, I, I wanted to go on a similar journey, and, and I want to work with the people that I'm, I'm making it happen out there. And obviously, that put me and you together in contact. And uh, yeah, about eighteen months later, here we are. And um, Atmos, isn't it? Thinking that yeah. one. I just remember having a chat over WhatsApp. Then we had a chat on the phone, and and you were like, right, Chris this is my plan and it's great now you were like this is the brand i'm launching this is the way that i want to do it this is the the ethos and the values that i want behind the company can you help and i was like yes but you're about 12 months 18 months before then weren't you yeah it it was interesting because i I thought oh you know what you've got an idea in your head and it's going to come to fruition in three months um yeah it doesn't doesn't quite work like that in the real world right and um yeah it took it took us a bit of toing and froing with you know various parties to get things signed off and get the branding sorted etc mm-hmm. which we'll sure we'll go into um but yeah it's yeah that's how it all came about and I want people to realize if you are starting out in the mortgage world and you are thinking about maybe going from an employed role under a company or an AR and going into something that's your own brand it, it does take longer than you think so what I'd say spend a bit more time and this is exactly what Depeche and I um, spoke about is spend a bit more time to get it perfect because you only get you only get one chance at launching that branding and launching your new company and and that's exactly what um, Depeche did but anyway I don't want to go into that straight away I'll take a bit of a step back I always ask this question on the podcast kind of give us a bit of a background into you because you've been in the mortgage world for about nine years now haven't you yeah um so it all sort of started after I graduated from uni. Actually, let's go back a little bit further back than that. So when I was studying, I had a sort of like a part-time job working in, in hospitality. So I started off as a, as a waiter, worked in, as bar staff, et cetera, um, and then ended up doing a degree in, in that field. 
and worked in the field for about 18 months before you know it's quite easy to get burnt out in that industry and um you know they've had a really tough time the last couple of years as, as everyone knows and you know when you're working in hospitality um the first thing is your your guest or your client you know they're they're the king or queen so you treat them and you know with all the respect in the world and you give them top quality service anyway so i was in the industry for about 18 years and then left it and joined financial services in about 2011 um mm-hmm. done various roles but pr- primarily it was you know mortgaging and protection and um, whether that was an advisor or a sales manager or working in the compliance element of mortgage and protection that's generally where all my um, skill set was um when i decided to sort of step away from the retail environment and and go self-employed it was a matter of how can i stand out from the crowd it was about using my skills and my knowledge within the mortgage world mm-hmm. um but also the skills and, and experience that i gained in hospitality um which yeah. is all about you know putting the client first um and amalgamating those together to, to create sierra mortgages right so that, that's interesting that you're in the retail space that allowed you to that customer service element because let's look at let's think about the cmap an exam it is it's black or white that's it's right or it's wrong with the CMAP. But then when you're dealing with clients, you can't determine what is right or wrong, can you? You don't know what's the right time to contact somebody. But from a compliance point of view, yes, there's right or wrong. But in retail, you had to adapt yourself to that client. And that's exactly what you're doing still now, isn't it? Yeah, um, you hit the nail on the head. In terms of CMAP or, or whatever exams you end up doing, um, it, ultimately, it, it's a bit of a memory test, isn't it? Um, yeah. If you can, if you can remember the context, then you can answer the questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're dealing with people, that's exactly what it is. There's no right or wrong answer. It's it's a matter of you're dealing with an individual, so you treat them as an individual, um, and you have to bring your personality to the table because ultimately they need to know, like, and trust you um, in order to do business with you. I like that. That's good. I think that's going to be the one, the, the title of this podcast. You've got to get people to know, like, and trust you. And we'll speak about a few strategies today, both social and, you know what I mean, and personal and being face-to-face that, that do help that. So you're, so you started off, you did a degree, started off in the retail industry, then went to like the high street banking world, did you say? That side? Yeah, that's right, yeah. What made you leave that side of it and go into more of the, where you had a bit more control of the, over yourself? So I was I was fortunate. I've always wanted to uh, run my own business and, and have my own business. Um, I just felt very comfortable um, in the retail space because you you know you go in with a plan, thinking I might be there for a few years, but a few years turns into almost nine years. Um, right, and yeah. <laughs> luckily, they were going for a restructure, so I was given the opportunity to to step away from the company via redundancy, um, which wow. kind of forced my hand in a, in a way, in a good way, because it gave me the chance to actually go and explore something that I've always wanted to do, but because I was comfortable getting paid a salary every month, I chose not to do it. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, potential fear of failure. I don't you know, God knows what it is, but um, but yeah, it kind of forced my hand. So it, it, it was a blessing in disguise in fairness. Yeah, and so, so you got that money to be able to do. And I'm not saying a lot of people that come on this podcast are, well, the majority are self-employed or run their own business. There's nothing, it's not a right or wrong to be self-employed or employed. It's just... A lot of people that come on here have the desire to run their own business. And as you said, it's very hard to step away from, I know I'm getting paid this much every month. That's my safety net. To, I suppose, the first day that you left left the, the bank, you were kind of like, 
well, I'm starting from zero here. You haven't got any clients, and I suppose you can't take any clients with you from the bank anyway for DPA. Yeah, yeah it's, absolutely. It's yeah. so hard. You're stepping into the unknown. Um, and it was it was weird because, you know, the, the first day after leaving corporate, it was, you know, you don't have the company laptop, you don't have the company phone, and it's yeah. like, where do I go to knock on doors to, to generate business? Um, which is a really scary thing for people, but, you know, you've got to have you know, that drive inside of you and that determination to, to make it happen. Mm. Um, and if you, you know, believe it and believe in yourself, then ultimately, you know, anyone can achieve anything, right? So. Yeah, which is exactly what you're doing now. So how different is it now having your own brand, you run the company that you want to, within compliant ways, you run it the way that you want to. How different is it? And would you recommend it to people? Oh, without a doubt, I'd recommend it. Um, it's it's given me the option and the flexibility. Number one, work life balance. Um, number two, the, the high pressured sell targets. Um, I know they're not allowed to call it sales targets and and so on and so forth. But you know, ultimately, there is a there is ultimately an expectation when you work for a corporate, um, and you get to do things in a way that allows you to help more clients. And I think that can be quite restrictive when you, you know, in a corporate environment because of, you know, various policies, procedures and um, sort of red tape, if you like. And when you say help more clients, how do you mean that because you're not having to fulfill the spreadsheets, essentially, does that give you more time to do more appointments or do you structure the company in a different way? Um, a couple of things. So when, when you're working for a corporate, um, especially if you're direct to lender, so if, you, if you're working for an actual lender, then, you know, if you can't help a client, it's not as if you can go and recommend them to go see another broker or anything. Right. Like that. Very restrictive in that respect. Um, so I've got access to a lot more lenders than, than before. Um, but also, whereas, you know, some companies or corporates will have certain restrictions in terms of what you can and can't do with clients. Mm -hmm. I can choose to, if I feel it's going to be the right thing for a client, then I, I, I've got, you know, I answer to myself in that respect. I can go and do it as long as it's legal and it's compliant. Um, then yeah, I can help this, these individuals. Um, and actually, ultimately, that's what we're here to do business for, right? We're here to help people buy their dream properties. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a perfect way to kind of segue into your company now, because you're talking about how, you want you're running your company in a way that you want to help people and this was a big thing when when Depeche came to me and said we we need a brand new website well we need a new website you didn't have a website initially and you want to make I want to make sure that these values are portrayed in the website as to how I want to to treat companies how did you come up with those values or were they already because it's very hard to say right I'm starting a new company what are the five things I want to get across to people how did you come up with your values and your ethos for the company yeah, so um, I'm very sort of family orientated. So for me, yeah. it would be a matter of the client that I'm working with, I would treat them or advise them as if they were my parents. So would I tell my mom and dad to do X, Y or Z with their mortgage or with this property um, mm -hmm. or, you know, the way in which they manage their finances? So that's that was the first thing. The second thing, as I've sort of developed a client bank, um, people that are moving home or people that are remortgaging I think one of the first questions I asked them is, you know, who, who sorted out the original mortgage and, and why did you choose this particular product or this particular term? Okay. Probably 80 to 85% of these people, these clients of mine, you know, couldn't answer the question apart from this is what I was told to do. Um, so they were not in control of that decision as far as I, as I was, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I don't think they were in control of that. So 
Sierra Mortgages is about putting the client in control of that decision. They're now empowered to make that decision. I'm just there to help facilitate and guide them to that decision. So at least in three years or five years time, when it comes to remortgaging again, um, I can pick up the phone and say, right, how are you getting on? This is what we did last time. Do you remember why we did it? Yes, you do. What's the plan now? What's changed? And you know what's going to happen going forward in terms of your future plans? That means we need to tweak um, whatever we've done last time to fit those new circumstances. And you're playing the long game there, aren't you? You're... We use a lot, a lot of the wording on the website is about the Sierra Mortgages family. And you're not only talking about a family from a point of view where you've got that respect and you're giving them the advice, but you're joining that family for a longer time than it just takes to do this two year or five year fixed or whatever, yeah. whatever product it may be. Yeah, absolutely. So to, in my head, um, a customer is somebody that transacts once. A client mm-hmm. will transact multiple times. Oh, I like that. So the whole idea is actually put them in control of making that huge decision. Let's be honest, buying a house or, or financing a property is probably the largest transaction they're going to go through in their life. Mm-hmm. They need to have control of what they're doing. But actually, I want to help these people in the long term, you know, 30 year clients ultimately. And, you know, they're potentially going to have children. I want those children to be my clients in the future. Yes. So it's all about joining that Sierra family because, you know, I'm going to advise you as if you're my parents um, in a, not in a condescending way, but in a, in a way that gives them control um, of what they're doing. They actually understand their finances better than when they came to me initially. It's, it's funny that when I was an estate agent, I always used to vendors, I'd always think if this was my mom and dad, would this be the advice I was telling them about their house? And there were so many situations where estate agents turn into sales and it was like, do everything you can to get the sale. But in some essence, it was do you actually want to move home or you're doing it because you've been told you need to? Do you see what I mean? And that's yeah. that's what I really like with your side where you're talking about the being a family, almost a family member to them that gives them the right advice. But I love that. I just wanted to get a background of Sierra and, and why you set it up and how you set it up. So let's talk about social media. Before Sierra Mortgages, did you use much, did you use social media much for your business? Yeah, I did. Um I don't think I was using it to the effect that I should have been using it. I just thought, oh, you you post on it, you use hashtags and you get a bit of presence and a bit of engagement and hopefully you'll land a client. There wasn't, um, you know, much strategy behind it, if you like. Um, We've got a much better strategy today. Um, But yeah, I was using it, but there wasn't much thought about it. There was all these various articles that I read around, you know, posting at least three times a week and, you know, post it between, I don't know, this time of the day and this time of the day to get the most engagement. Um, whether that science actually works or not isn't, you know, there's conflicting. Nobody really about. knows, do they, unfortunately? Exactly. exactly. Um, so, yeah, I was using it. Um, I don't think I was very effective in the way I was using it in all, uh, in all honesty, but, um, you know, this is where I had to, sort of step up as a as a business owner and you know if it wasn't my strength I needed to find somebody who could help me with it to to turn it into a strength which is where um, obviously I came into contact with yourself and the great thing is is we work very well because we'll create the polished business content but then what you do with it we'll schedule it to your channels what you do with it then is you take it to the next level you'll share it to your um, Instagram stories you'll write polls you'll create polls on instagram won't you to ask i think i saw one on there today and i was thinking oh that's a great one because the thing is with polls is you get to see who's answered your poll don't you um so that those type of things are really useful where do you see 
or what do you see as your favorite platform at the moment when it comes to social? It's interesting because it all depends on what outcome we're looking for. Um, okay. So Instagram for me is the best platform for, for Sierra Mortgages um, okay. because it's, it's picture content, video content, and I'm in a position where um, I can engage with, with my clients um, almost like on a personal level, but professional level. Yeah. Um, whereas if, you know, using LinkedIn is a slightly different strategy, I wouldn't be yeah. posting a lot of the stuff that we post on Instagram. I wouldn't post that on, on LinkedIn because the audience is completely different. Um, but yeah, for me, see, on, on Sierra Mortgages, yeah, um, without a doubt, Instagram, Instagram. And automatically that sort of defaults into Facebook channels anyway. Um, yeah. And what we've done with Sierra, we've made it a very, this is going to be a word, I mean, an Instagrammable brand. Because the way that your logo is and the way that you'll hear Depeche talk here is you're very measured, collected. It's all about the polished approach. Okay, so the images that we use, we want them to represent that Sierra brand, that calming influence, the sunrise, the sunset, those type of images. How, did you go to a designer? Because we didn't do the logo, disclaimer here, we didn't do the logo at all. But did you go to a designer and say, I've got this in mind? Or did you say, I want a logo to represent what I represent? And that's, that's a really convoluted question there. But I, you, you see what I'm trying to ask? Did you go to somebody and they came up with the idea or did they come up with the idea to you? Yeah, so I used um, a brand company, branding company, um, and we had various meetings around um, who am I as an individual, what are my values, um, and how can we then portray that into the vision of, of what is now Sierra Mortgages. Um, so as, as things like, you know, what is Sierra? So if I use what is Sierra as, as the first thing, so Sierra in Spanish means mountain range, hence the reason why we have a mountain range in our logo. Um, but Sierra to me is the journey that I'm going to take a client on. So if you look at the logo, we've got um, the S, which is that leads up to the mountain. Now that's the path that is going to take, uh, I'm going to take that client on that journey to the top of the mountain, which is ultimately buying their first property or their dream home or their investment property, whatever it may be. But the whole idea is me taking them on that journey to the top of the mountain, which they can then overlook um, the Sierra effectively. Mm -hmm. I, I love the concept of it. And it's, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful logo. And you can tell that you've had it all done professionally. And it does, it personifies you in a logo, I think. It's that, it's just that calm, that calming influence of, as you said, the mountain rage, it's fantastic. And that's how we portray you on social media. That's how you, we want you to be seen on social and across your website as well, that you've got that um, consistency. When it comes to social media, especially on Facebook, I want people to understand how they can utilize their family and friends to start that audience. What do you do? How do you speak to your family? How do they help you? So I'm very fortunate because my family, um, whether that's my, my parents or my siblings or um, the wider family, uncles, aunts, and, um, nephews, nieces, um, cousins, um, ultimately they're, they're my, they're my raving fans. So they, they want me to do well. So by default, um, it's not as if I send them a WhatsApp saying, by the way, there's a post, can you go like, share it? And, okay. uh, whatever. It's, it, was, it was all natural. Um, initially, it was, okay, new brand coming out, guys. I'd love a bit of engagement. Um, but as you post, obviously, their friends start seeing the stuff that they're liking and sharing. And, you know, you naturally just grow that audience on, on social media. Um, but it's so crucial that you've got a support network because, you, you know, you might be in business and you might be working for yourself by yourself. Um, initially when you start out 
but you need to have a support network there that's going to help um, because ultimately it can be very lonely otherwise. Exactly. And, and there will be people out there that don't, that maybe a lot of their family aren't on social media. I think what you could also do is build a network of local business owners because you're all business owners. And two things is these business owners, you could speak to them about doing a reciprocal sharing agreement of the posts because you're all local. And, and the second thing is these local business owners and, and your family members that we're talking about here and their friends, they all need mortgages. So it doesn't matter if they run a bakery down the road or they're your auntie, they're more than likely going to need help with their mortgage. So it, I'm glad you said that. It's the support network from a social media point of view, but it's also a network of your first clients if you're starting out brand new. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I'd like to consider myself, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, you know, a small local family business. That's, that's what Sierra Mortgages at the, is at the moment. Um, I, where possible, I will try and shop local. So my local barbershop, as a pure example, um, you know, it doesn't take much for me to say, hey, I've got lockdown here. Do you mind if I do a video of you cutting my hair and I will post it on my socials and I'll tag your business into my post and, you know, they would then share it and on their stories or whatever. And, you know, that's, you know, it's all about helping local businesses. If we can help each other as local businesses, um, then the area as a whole will benefit from, from an economical point of view, if you like. It's like that. Have you seen the? Um, it's on a chalkboard in a in a small business window. It's like when you buy from a corporation, you line the pockets of, yeah, a big wig. Uh, whereas if you buy from me, it's paying for my daughter's dance lessons. It was something like that, wasn't it? Yeah, it was some, yeah, something along those sort of lines. Um, great way, great way yeah. to talk about it. So, so social media, making sure that you're supporting local, getting friends and family involved. If if they're not on social media, looking at like a local business network. That's the social media side of it. I want to talk a bit about the website because when we first started working together, I do a lot of websites for people and I thought you would be the perfect kind of person to do a video because I wanted, you can only do so much with a website to portray your values and your message. So I said to you, can you do me a video for the website? And I think we had about four different versions. You were like, is the lighting right? You wanted it to be perfect, didn't you? What would you say to people? that are a bit hesitant of doing videos and how, how has it helped you so do, do yeah i was petrified um when you, you watched the video it looks calm as it that was probably that yeah it took about 300 takes um but the the idea behind it was was great and it made sense in my head so as you pointed out earlier i'm quite logical when it comes to thinking i need to understand a process before you know i actually go and commit and do it um but if you think about being a mortgage broker or a business owner um people need to see your see your personality um now they can't really see that on a website if you haven't put a picture of yourself or you haven't posted a video of, of you because that's going to be their first interaction they have with you before they even think about picking up the phone to speak to you or sending you an email for an inquiry. Um, so that was the reasoning why I said, okay, well, you know, you asked me to do it. And I thought, this is the reason why you told me to do it. I need to go away and do it. Um, but if that's going to be the first contact that a client or potential client is going to have with you, you need to make sure that, you know, you are personable and your values of your brand are coming out in that video. Mm -hmm. um, because ultimately you want them to pick up the phone or send that email to you asking you for a, for an initial um, consultation or appointment. 
and and be true to yourself because Depeche could have done a video like that and gone, guys, you could have faked it. I'm here to I'm here to save you money on your mortgage. Get in touch, have a fa-. and then they phone you and you're like, hi, Depeche speaking. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Your normal voice. And it's kind of, there's just no, I talk a lot about brand continuity, but I think there needs to be this personality continuity that the way that you perceive, the way that you perceive yourself on social media, on website, has to mirror exactly how you are in an appointment. Otherwise, you're just very disingenuine. It can come across disingenuine, can't it? Yeah, and this is why, like, you know, using a, a branding company to, to sort out the logo and the colours and then using yourself to then do the website and the social media just shows that brand continuity. And I think I remember, it. Did, I think it took us about a week until we got that first engagement from a, an email from the website, isn't it, an inquiry that came in. Um and that just goes to show if you can get that continuity right, you you know you will start getting those inquiries coming in. Um, and then to your point, you know what they hear on the website or the person they hear on that website is the person that ultimately when I pick up the phone, that's they're going to recognise my voice straight away. They're going to know what they're going to get from me pretty much within the first five seconds of me speaking to them um, because we've got that brand continuity right. Yeah. And it's having it that we're talking about the the person there, but it's the brand continuity from a point of view of the logo colors match the website, the colors that we use in the social media posts match what's on another social media page. It's that continuity, isn't it? And it, it speaks volumes to you because you are continuous and you're consistent with your content that you put out there over and above what we post as well. So the pesh will upload to Instagram stories and the message will be the same as the social media posts that have been put out. So like you said, it's just been consistent. That um, There's so many tips and tricks out there on social media, but please don't think that consistency and being genuine don't go unnoticed. They're the main pillars that you have to have on social media, I think. Yeah, I think you just hit the nail. Exactly what I was going to say. I said, you've got to be consistent and you've got to be genuine because you can tell you know those people that post stuff for the sake of posting it but they're not genuine about it you can just tell by the feel of the post itself yeah um, so yeah yeah two two things you're exactly right awesome right so we've we've spoken about social media now we're going to get onto the strategy question so this is the the one that i like to ask people and i give people a bit of a heads up if you've listened to the podcast before just so you're not sat there going um so i'd probably do this and then so and i'm sure depeche has probably got a 15 point plan ready for, <laughs> ready for this question so, <laughs> so we're going to pretend that you've moved to the north of scotland you've got a laptop a mobile phone and an internet connection. What do you do to start generating new mortgage leads, Depeche? So for me, I wouldn't do a lot different to what I'm already doing. And that, that sounds a bit of a cop-out answer, but I started um, the business or, or went self-employed January, 2020. And by the end of March, we were in lockdown part one. So I started the business with an idea and then, the world closed and we had no choice but to to find business um effectively digitally wasn't it um mm-hmm. so there's a few things that that we do um we post on social media we engage with our clients i think that's the that's the crucial bit it's one thing to post but responding to those clients or potential clients on social media so whether it's a, a message or a voice note or um do you send voice notes to you 
Yeah, so there's on occasions if I get a, a message on Instagram um, from somebody that's seen a post or wants to know or want um, a bit more information or wants a meeting, rather than type out a message in response, sometimes I might just send them a voice note. So, so that again, they can hear me, they can hear that, you know, how authentic and genuine I am in my response as opposed to uh, a, con, you know, a copy and paste message that you could send to every single client without making it personal. Um, Perfect. So, oh, yeah, yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd highly recommend it. I think it's, it's a great way to engage. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, the power of people buying from people. So there's only so much you can do from a social media point of view, um, but actually you need to sometimes close the laptop, turn your phone off and actually go and speak to people um, mm. and actually genuinely get to know them um, on a personal level because um, people do buy from people ultimately. They've got to know, like and trust, as I said, um, yeah. in order for them to transact. See, I like that because you've, you've covered both bases there. and. Like you said, going out to meet people, you are a big believer. And I, I didn't, before getting you on this podcast, I've known you for two years, I didn't realise that you were so big on local as you were. And that's something we can discuss in terms of your social media strategy. But like you said there, going out to meet the local people, buying local, you, you buying from the local baker, you're not doing that to generate business. It will probably come as a prerequisite to that, but you are doing it to support that local business hopefully they'll come back to you for business in the future but your primary goal is to support those local companies isn't it yeah you you have to and i think it's a it's it's a common mistake that you generally see just in everyday life it's you've got to give before you receive nice. so you've got to go and you know support these local businesses and promote their businesses because mm. ultimately you know their clients hopefully one day will become your clients but that doesn't stop me from um helping i'm based in london that doesn't stop me from helping somebody that is looking for a mortgage up in sort of derby or leeds yeah. or, or birmingham um because the power of social media uh, my social media presence can go go you know to various cities in the country and you know due to modern technology i can help them i've got zoom i've got a mobile phone um so that's not an issue but you know ultimately you also want to support the locals so yeah get keep it like and uh, yeah awesome and Sorry, I didn't ask you. In social media, what do you? What's the best platform you find personally? What do you like on social media at the moment? I still haven't got into the whole TikTok thing. The more, <laughs> the, the, the more I see it, the more intrigued I get. But I don't think I'm quite ready for it. Um, but yeah, for me, um, Instagram is is probably the number one social media. Is it even like aside from business? You still like using Instagram personally? Yeah, 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 I prefer yeah, I prefer Instagram um, over. It's weird because Facebook owns both, but um, I prefer I prefer them to, to Facebook. I just wanted to ask you that because sorry, I got it in my back of my head to ask you because you said Instagram is great for business, but it's interesting to see that you use Instagram. So therefore, that's probably the platform that in the future you'll probably have most of your clients because you know it inside out you can interact with people you you do a lot of instagram stories don't you what would you say to sorry i know this we're going back into social now but what would you say to people that are a bit risk averse of doing instagram stories i think with with instagram stories it can be quite daunting when you're doing it for the first time but it's like anything the first mortgage application you do is probably the hardest one you're ever going to do but the more you do it the easier it becomes and eventually it just becomes natural um and it doesn't necessarily mean that you know you have to you know just 
you don't have to force yourself to do it there mm-hmm. could be something that you know you could have a light bulb moment that you think okay brilliant i could use something that's got nothing to do with our industry um right. and turn it into content that you know could just be you know have you thought about this um or this is a different approach to you know this scenario and it's about it's not just you know we don't use it to to generate business or you know all yes. the time it's there to show you as a person and your personality you know what am i doing over the weekend or um you know where am i going on holiday or you know it could be anything really but yeah using using stories just it gives you a, you know the opportunity to get a wider reach a wider audience sort of is it's a, it's another what's the word it's like it's another bow it's another arrow to your bow almost isn't it it's another yeah. string to your bow we'll go for that we'll edit that bit out <laughs> no but it's instagram stories and you use it very well kind of behind the scenes talking about like it's just quick content instagram stories is great for quick content your grid is where your polished business content is that's the way i would describe it sorry i know we went back into social there but i wanted to ask you that Depeche, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it, mate. As a thank you, I'd like to donate £10 to a charity of your choice. Which charity would you like me to make the donation to? Oh, first, so firstly, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. Um, the charity, um, again, close to my heart. Um, so Alzheimer's Society. Um, so my nan, unfortunately, passed away from dementia a couple of years ago. And Alzheimer's Society are a fantastic charity. Um, they do a lot for people that are suffering from dementia um, and there's a lot more we can do as well so that would be great if you could donate and I know there was a lot of um, having a family member from me during lockdown with it they found it very hard to get people into people's houses because of all the restrictions and I can imagine that's had a knock-on effect with funding and, and those type of things so yeah no problem at all we'll make that donation for you Depeche thank you so much for coming on how can people connect with you at the moment what's the best way to get you uh socials and the website so instagram and facebook it's uh sierra mortgages and on uh, my website www.sierramortgages.co.uk awesome perfect way to sign off Depeche thank you so much for coming on I appreciate it and I'll catch you soon it's been a pleasure thanks a lot Chris cheers mate so thank you very much for listening if you feel this podcast brought you any value at all I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast little five stars and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes we can also connect on social so you can get me on Instagram Facebook and LinkedIn all with the handle social for brokers. Look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all.